This podcast is offered by Jikoji Zen Center on the web at jikoji.org. Our programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you all for coming up to the top of the mountain on this uh, exciting day. Challenging day. Seems like we're entering winter with a uh, with a will, and uh, we've we haven't had much transition from the the sunny times uh, to this rainy period. It just happened like boom, it just happened upon us. So uh, thank you for coming up. It's I bet it was a challenging drive to get here, but thank you all for coming. <laughs> For once, yeah. Or motorcycles, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you've arrived at this place, so thank you. And that's kind of the, um, the topic I'd like to bring up today. It's kind of the Dharma of a place the Dharma of placement. Um, Let's begin with the story. Um, Once upon a time, in a land uh, far, far away, (laughs) Uh, um, not that far, over the ocean, um, the Tang Dynasty, China, Ninth century, I think. Um, one of our ancestors, whose name is uh, Yun Men, uh, was before his assembly, and he, uh, like his tradition, he he offered a question to his assembly, and. Um, also, like his tradition, um, he tended to answer his own questions. <laughs> uh, maybe no one in the assembly, uh, you know, was that uh, that quick, or um, or he just jumped the gun. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Yun Men asked this question. Um, it goes like this. Everyone has a light. Everyone is pure illumination. Everyone is a luminous existence. Yet if you try to look for it, if you try to own it, to possess it, it becomes darkness. So I ask you, he's asking his assembly now, I ask you, I ask you, what is that light? Where is that light? 
That's the question. There's another um, translation that goes this way. Yun-men asked the assembly, all people are in the midst of illumination. When you look at it, you don't see it. Everything seems dark and dim. How is it being in the midst of illumination? Or where is that light? Well, um, as the story came down to us, uh, no one in the assembly offered an answer. So he answered. And he said, the monastery hall, the Buddha hall, the kitchen monastery gate. Now that was his, uh, that was the local neighborhood of the assembly. So we could say um, um, Long Ridge. We could say uh, the, the kitchen porch. We could say the community building. We could say um, uh, in my car. In, we could say the bathroom. The answer to his question, the answer, his own answer to his own question, was specifically a place, a, loc a location. He was asking the monks to, and the nuns to see their illumination, to see the light in, as a, uh, as a location as a place. I've tried to talk about this before. I've talked about it uh, uh, once before and um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Doug, Doug gave a moving talk about the Dharma being embodied. And this is the same context um, When we come to practice, uh, whether our practice is sitting down in quietness and stillness like we do here in the Zendo, or um, doing any kind of other activity, um, we're located. It's a local, it's a local affair. In other words, it's, it's, it's intimacy. It's something that's very, very close. Yunman didn't say that your light is your, um, your great Dharma understanding. He didn't say it's a special kind of uh, feeling, a feeling of being peaceful or a feeling of being composed or anything like that. No, he said, it's, it's here. It's right here. It's, it's of the place. It exists, it exists in, dimen in the dimension of 
how did they say it? Uh, shall we get out our GPS? We're located here. We're located in in this in this endo. And when we sit in meditation like this, um, basically, what we're doing is arriving. We're just coming. We're coming to. We're coming to the present moment. And we're coming to the present place. We're bringing ourselves to this situation, this kind of setup where we are still and we're quiet together um, for a while. And we check in with ourselves. We actually arrive at our at our point, at our position where we are, and we see what happens. Sometimes when we, when we arrive, we see, we experience, um, we experience a, a mental state that's, um, um, well, it could be anything, you know. It could be it could be very it could be very stable and still, and we check in with that. We we arrive with that, or our mental state could be a um, could be an agitated state, or a sleepy state, or it could be a uh, it just could be a busy state, a state that's full of stuff, full of thinking, full of process, but. No matter what state of mind that we experience when we when we come to the when we come to this sort of stopping point of meeting this wall, um, we've arrived. We've we've located ourselves at the place where we can actually see our body and our mind as it is in the present moment. Walt Whitman said, I stand in my place with my own day here. He made this declarative, definitive statement. I stand in my place. I, I, in other words, I've arrived with my own day here. Dogen, Dogen said it um, very succinctly in the Genjo Koan. He said, when you find the place, when you find the place where you are, practice occurs. When you find the place where you are, then practice occurs, actualizing the fundamental point. Everybody here? Hello. <laughs> nice to see you all. Uh, everyone is a light. Everyone is illumination. But if you try to possess it, if you try to define it, if you try to hold it, uh, you won't be able to see it.
it will flee from you. And when you think about it, if you are light, if you are in the midst of illumination, you could only, almost say, there's no shadows, there's no darkness, there's no um, discrimination or distinction between things. Everything is light. I, um, I have this uh, odd title here. Um, it doesn't really work. It's, it's called a abbot, and it's kind of one of those borrowed um, Christian terms. And I don't like it, abbot or abbess. Um, and strictly speaking, I think it, it's only used for someone who's the head of a monastery, um, who, and it's used in a monastic situation. But it's used in the West to define a, um, a, a guiding teacher or a senior guiding teacher. I'm not sure about the etymology, but um, it's, uh, I think it, it's close to, to abide. It means someone who's in place. In other words, like uh, um, an abbot is someone who is at a monastery, who resides in a monastery who is the place of the monastery. Um, um, please don't call me Abbot. Don't, I hate it. Don't, don't. <laughs> Just, yeah. Or Costello, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Costello. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, lately, at Chikoji, we've gone through a, a little bit of a transition and we've kind of reformatted our um, our residency situation here and uh, um, things have uh, it's a kind of tender tender time for Jikoji making this transition but things are going well and uh, but um, it's it was a time for me to kind of stay here and uh, um, I've been missing my I've been missing my family um, who, who live far away that I wanted to visit. And uh, I've been missing a, a friend I was close to and missing, uh, um, I, I have to say, I'm somewhat of a reclusive person and not, not really very social, but I'm, uh, I get lonely too <laughs> sometimes. And I've been a little bit, uh, lonely, um, but um, I've been in place, and that feels like the right thing to do at this time. I've also um, been understanding Sangha, um, the sense of community, as um, before I had a sense of Sangha and a very idealistic sense, uh, as um, all beings, every being in the ten directions, we say, um, uh, as being everyone who's practiced, who's in on this on this 
particular path in the past, in the future, in, in the present moment, um, which is a wonderful view and I, I don't discount it uh, at all, but uh, lately I, I've, I've been very aware and thinking of Sangha as being a, a local affair. It's basically who shows up. It's who I'm sitting with. It's, this is a face-to-face -face situation as far as what's called the transmission of the Dharma. You meet someone. You meet them face-to-face. -face. Um, there's, um, of course, these, there's these other forms of communication, you know, the ubiquitous emailness, this, this, the web communication, and there's a lot of communication going on that way, and other forms of communication. But uh, to me, right now, Sangha is local. Sangha is all of you in this room who practiced, we practiced together this morning. And we're Sangha. We're, we're local Sangha. This is it. It's a local affair. It's, it's showing up. And I've been lonesome too for some Sangha people that have uh, chosen not to practice here with, with some differences and um, sad to see that they're not here but um, basically Sangha is local for me it's who's who I'm practicing with that's as far as I can see you know a kind of what would you call it? Myop myopia just seeing close yeah yeah So the question comes up for us, how do we, how do we, how do we arrive? How do we keep it, how do we arrive where we are and become truly, truly meet the place, meet our bodies, meet our minds, um, become truly intimate with, with our situation. And I, what I'm trying to do and what I encourage us to do is to practice this local practice, to practice being present. Um, in other words, to make, make the sense of being present a practice, not just an assumption. Oh, I'm in a room. But, um, oh, I'm in the zendo. But actually, come into the zendo as if it um, if, if, as if it was the first time maybe <coughs> and you're amazed at what the space is mm -hmm. or um, if you can't do that come into the come into the um, come into the zendo um, with a sense of um, if not wonder, a sense of, um, a sense of cherishing something, of, of, of it being dear, of it being, uh, or, to, or to come to your, um, to the sink in your bathroom um, when you brush, when you're about to brush your teeth and to meet that sink 
to meet that ordinary, everyday event with a sense of arriving and meeting it and, um, you know, caring for it maybe or um, <coughs> having a, having a, uh, you know, having a real relationship with, with what, what's at hand, what's intimate, what's local. There's another story I like um, um, from a teacher named um, Zwigan. And Zwigan <clears throat> had this um, way of... Uh, Zwigan, I, I'm not sure about the, the back story of Zwigan, but uh, Zwigan, I have this image of Zwigan as being a kind of older um, monk who's um, maybe retired or semi-retired, maybe he's off practicing by himself in a kind of uh, hermitage or um, uh, in a quiet place. And um, he developed this habit of kind of talking to himself. and um, so the story comes down to us from Zwigan that Zwigan would say to himself um, um, every day, he would say, Zwigan, Zwigan, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> and then he would answer kind of like uh, Yun Men. He would answer for himself. He'd say, here I am, here I am. And then he would say, this is like the threefold practice, the practice of meditation, um, the practice of uh, dharma or understanding, and the practice of eth- ethics or right conduct. So he kind, of, he kind of checked in with himself this way. So first is, are you, are you there? And he said, I'm there. And that's, that's practice, arriving. Um, and then he asked himself this question, um, don't be deceived. Zwigan, don't be deceived. In other words, meet the truth. Meet things as they are. Don't, don't bring a fiction to the, to the, to the experience. Be, be real. Arrive at, at clear understanding. So he said, Zwigan, don't be deceived. And then he would answer, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I won't be deceived. I won't be deceived. <laughs> and then um, the, third, the third part of his, his little um, check-in was, um, uh, had to do with ethics or right conduct. He would say, Zwigan, yes sir, Zwigan, you'd better shape up. <laughs> and then he would answer, yes sir, yes sir, I, I will shape up. <laughs> so that was his day, that was his day. And you could see this a kind of like the, the threefold practice, practice of meditation, the practice of 
knowledge, the practice of right conduct. He, he covered it right there. He covered those three. And uh, he, you know, encouraged himself every day. He checked in. Actually, the Sadapatthana Sutra, the traditional Mahasadapatthana Sutra of the Buddha, is kind of like this. It's the check-in, the four foundations of mindfulness. So the Buddha encouraged us to practice this way, in a certain sense, to arrive, to check in with ourselves. Um, check in with ourselves how? Well, the first foundation of mindfulness is the, is, um, the mindfulness of, of the, f- the realm of form or the body. Um, so the, you check in. He encouraged us to check in, to meet, to, and to um, compose, you could say, um, um, the, um, just the sense of being physically located, of, of your consciousness being located in your body, of check in with that and say, yeah, like Suigan, yes, sir. Here, here it is. <laughs> and um, the same thing with um, sensation and feelings. So this is, what the, this is a Sadapatthana Sutra. And with, um, with mind or consciousness or mental states. And, and with um, the fourth one in, in uh, Sadapatthana Sutra is the, uh, uh, just the, the mental, uh, what, what's called mental objects, or just what is thought of, what, you, what the contents of your consciousness. So again, this is, a, this is the Buddha's recommendation for us to practice to, in other words, take a little survey to actually check in with ourselves and see, how's my body? How's my mind? How are my feelings? What am I thinking? Have I arrived? Am I here? Well, are we here? Is anybody here? Hello? Yeah? (laughs) Are you here, Doug? This term uh, presence has it's kind of become a kind of overworked term. When I hear it, I hear it a lot now. Not just in in um, in the Buddhist or practice tradition, but also it's it's morphed over into this secular mindfulness thing. So you hear hear presence a lot. So we can we can ask ourselves how I would rather use the term um, just to be located, to, you know, or just to arrive, you know, just to ask yourself, am am I here, or or have I arrived? And then you'll notice in that question that. Uh, you're already in a relationship with something. You're already 
in a relationship with your uh, your local environment. You're already in a relationship with the chair that you're about to sit down with. If you've arrived at a chair and you're about to sit down in that chair, if you if you uh, have the presence to uh, be with that chair, then then that relationship between you and that chair is very, very intimate. You actually know the chair, and the chair knows you, um, you could say. Or it has that potential to be. And I think as we take our practice away, away from this Zendo situation, which is a very, uh, you could say, a very uh, deliberate uh, situation where we're deliberately quiet and still, and we're in the world when we're more active and we're moving and we're talking to other people or we're, um, we're sitting down or standing up, that with these ordinary, everyday activities, if we can have a sense of, uh, of arriving there, of being, of being of a place that um, our practice can saturate into the rest of our life and uh, the rest of our life can be um, uh, informed, it can be uh, um, you could say embellished or um, even brought to fruition with the simple meeting of a chair or a, um, a picking up a toothbrush. Said enough. Does anyone want to uh, say something? Yeah. yeah. Would this be something of the same thing? Going into a room <coughs> and being held. And being held. Held. Hailed. Held by the room. Held by the room. Yeah. You know, when I first heard you, I thought you said hailed, like the room said hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it could have that quality. Uh, it could, I think it could have multiple qualities depending on your state of mind and maybe even the state of the room. You know, Maybe the room was a mess and didn't want to receive you. Um, but then that would be a d different kind of... Uh, well, that would be a kind of holding as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. There might be different kinds of holdings. I've heard that when there's violence in a room, there's there's a there's a there's something in there that's that's violent. And I've even read where flowers built that there's been a violence in a room. Hmm. Flowers were built. I'm just wondering what kind of kind of a resi a residue of past energies or actions or something. Yeah. What's holding me? What's what? What's holding me? Holding you. Well, I think having the sense of having the experience of being held, 
or actually just the experience. Just just having a sense of like meeting that mm-hmm. that experience mm-hmm. in itself is uh, enough. Um, sometimes uh, I mentioned this before in another talk. Sometimes we have a uh, assumption that um, we have to come to a uh, an experience or a situation or a place with a sense of with a sense of purpose or with a, with an intention or a purpose. But what I'm suggesting is that um, let the purpose, let the intention, let the um, let the effect um, arrive from the location itself. The location itself is a kind of meeting. Um, and from that meeting, from the basis of that experience or that place, um, purpose might arise or intention might arise or being held might arise. So basically, first you have to get to the room, you know, and then you might be held or um, I don't know what else a room could do. Can you imagine what else a room could do? Could it? Could it? Um, what's the negative aspect? It could. It could reject you. It could say, "Get, get out of here." <laughs> so, what do you think of this? Having a sense of the dharma of, of place, the dharma of having a place or arriving at a place, or being placed, or having a sense of, I'm here. Like Zwigan said, I'm here, here I am, here I am. No matter no matter where you go, there you are. Yeah. Do you know where that's from? It's from some book by. No, no, it's from from a movie um, called Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> Do you know that movie? It's a cult movie. Buckaroo <laughs> I've heard the name of it. Buckaroo Banzai. It's kind of a cult uh, movie. Um, okay. And uh, that's and the book came afterwards. That okay. no matter where you go, there there you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. He, there's also in that movie. I have, sorry, also in that movie, um, Professor Lazardo, who's who's one of the evil characters um, in the movie. He said, "No matter where you," um, he said, "Home." You talked about home. 
He said, home is where you wear your hat. He was, he was an Italian accent. Home is where you wear your hat. <laughs> In other words, this is your home. Yeah. So that's just what you said. Well, that's pretty much what I'm saying. That yeah. it's, it's a learned come, the home is always within, in a sense. Mm. Or you bring your home with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. For me, it's just um, waking up to that. Welcome home. This person just um, just arrived from uh, Japan, and um, Mado <coughs> along with Jiro and some other people, Mark, um, went to the home temple of uh, uh, it's in Niigata Prefecture in Japan. And uh, she got, you know, she got a real taste. Of, you could speak to it. She got a real taste of. Yes, there's there's Jikoji, and this is a this is in the lineage of Kobanshina Roshi. But she got a real sense of like this, this kind of, you know, this base, this strong historical base of of this, and we call it we call it the home the home temple in Japan. Can you say something about that? Um, let's see. I'm still processing a lot of the experience, as you can imagine. Um, uh, but I, I think there was a little bit of a danger in asking myself, uh, am I here? I found myself not asking that question, but more asking the question that, I forget the, the name of the master that was posing that question, uh, how is it to be in the midst of illumination? Um, so it was a question of how, how is it to be in the midst of something, rather than, than you, being, you being there. <laughs> It's there being you, <laughs> you know. It's it's I'm in the midst of something that um, is way beyond me. <laughs> so it's it's that which is. It's almost like the Dharma was present, uh, and that I was in the midst of it, and that it was it it was uh, went back millennia, you know. Endless, yeah, timeless, yeah, yeah. boundless, yeah. and that was even though it was a very local temple, and it in was a small a, town, actually, small town, yeah. and the family—it was a family operation, um, children and mother-in-law and mother—and it was a tremendously local. But it was in the midst of they were they were being held by the vastness of mm. illumination, which they were, they were holding it there for, for the next generation or for the timelessness ahead. Mm. So yeah. that's what I have 
to say. <laughs> Nanquin, the teacher Nanquin, um, uh, at in China, uh, he uh, was out in the fields um, um, harvesting uh, rice and rice rice straw, and uh, he had a sickle in his hand, and. Um, Uh, at that time in, in China, um, students would travel from one teacher to another and inquire about the Dharma. So a student came forward and met him in the fields and uh, asked him for the teachings of Nanquin. The teach, give me your teachings. Give me the teachings of Nanquin. And uh, um, Nanquin uh, held up his sickle and he said, this sickle is, is, I just bought this sickle, and it's really, really sharp. That was, his, that was the teachings of Nanquin to this, this special Dharma teachings. He said, this sickle is really sharp. And, this, and the, the inquiring student said, uh, I didn't ask you about your sickle. I asked for the Dharma of Nanquin. And, and uh, Nanquin said, um, it's it, it's really a sharp sickle, and it only cost me thirty cents. Do you, do you get it? He was trying to he was trying to help that student arrive. He was he was he was working in the fields. He was doing work. He was in the present moment. He was located. He was of a place. And he was trying to help that student see that. And. Uh, I don't, we don't know if the student got it or not, but <laughs> that was a teaching of Nanquin. How are we doing? Two minutes. Two minutes? Okay. I would like um, to uh, read a, a, a statement about illumination. Um, from another one of our ancestors, and um, it's a kind of uh, offering, in a sense, uh, tomato, um, and uh, it and it ties in with um, the teaching of this teaching of um, of Yun Men about. The light, the light being of a place, this sense of, of the light or this illumination, our natural energy being illuminated. Um, this is from Hongji, the teacher Hongji. Um, and Hongji wrote these uh, little, you could almost call them little uh, homilies or pep talks 
to kind of encourage his assembly. And this, this is one of them. The practice of reality is simply to sit serenely in this silent illumination. When you experience this, you will not be turned by external causes and conditions. An empty but wide open mind is your correct light and your subtle light. It is spacious and it is content. There is no confusion from grasping thoughts. There is energy to overcome habits and there is recognition of a self not possessed by emotion. By not relying on other things, the mind is open to other things. It is complete and whole. This independent and upright way begins with just the non-pursuit of degrading conditions. So, here you can rest. You can rest here. You can become clean here. Become pure and lucid here. And this lucidity is both bright and penetrating. So immediately return, accord, and respond to deal with events here and now. Since everything is already unhindered, the clouds float to the peaks. The moonlight flows down to touch the mountain streams. It is all illuminated and it is all unobstructed. It is clearly the manifestation in response to interaction. Just like a box and a lid, or like arrow points meeting. So continue the work, continue the work. Cultivate, nourish, mature, and stabilize. If you accord everywhere with complete clarity, cut off the sharp corners and proceed without dependence on doctrines or views, you can then be a complete person. Can, can I ask you to repeat one section in there? It said, uh, not pursuing degrading situations. No, I've lost my place here. Hold on. What did you ask? Pursuing degrading places or degrading circumstances? This independent and upright way begins with just the non-pursuit of degrading situations. The non-pursuit of degrading situations. Yeah. So in a way that implies all situations are always degrading, but you're not pursuing them? Is that <laughs> Possibly, but <laughs> but then he said, you can rest here. Here you can rest. So you remember that well, huh?
That's written on her raksu, by the way. Well, <laughs> well, speaking of being in place, um, the Dharma of place, let's place ourselves next to lunch. Is it time for lunch? You didn't hear a bell yet. Intentions equally extend to every being and place with the true merit of Buddha's way. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Jokoji Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Jokoji, please visit us on the web at jokoji.org.